Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hi, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. We have a great show for you today. And this segment is brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Visit bullrealty.com. Name of our show today is Outlook for REITs and Real Estate. Please welcome my first guest, Stephen Mark. Stephen is Managing Director with Fitch Ratings, and he's joining us on the phone. Stephen, thanks for being with us. Michael, thank you very much for having me. And Stephen, so if you will, uh, share with us first, how did 2017 wrap up overall for uh, REITs? Well, 2017, not, uh, not, not so hot for the sector. It, uh, when compared to the broader, the broader indices, for instance, the, the, the S&P 500, uh, REITs underperformed from a total return standpoint by about 25%. Um, and, and already this year, um, there was, a, there was a, uh, a gap in performance already just out of the box by another 11%. So it's been, it's been rough going uh, for the REIT sector over the last you know, 15 months or so. And why is that, Stephen? Because I think from a commercial real estate audience would think, wow, commercial real estate's been doing well. Right. I think this, this is a, a, an instance where perhaps that the fundamentals are, are delinking from uh, stock market, public market valuations. It, it's been a combination of, of two things. One is the increase in interest rates, which uh, th- there's generally a perception that that in a, in a rising rate environment, that's generally bad for REIT stocks. And and at least early on in, in a rising interest rate cycle, that, that historically has been the case. REITs, however, do typically tend to, to outperform the broader market once rates begin to stabilize. But I think the general consensus is we're not there yet. We're still in a, a rising rate environment, and there's expectations of, of that continuing. And I think that's one reason. Second reason is I think there's a, a general consensus, and we would be, we'd be uh, on board with that, is um, that fundamentals are at the, at the tail end, the latter stages uh, of the cycle. So in an environment where there's probably less uh, property-level cash flow growth and at the same point rising interest rates and hence probably rising cap rates as well, it's not good for commercial real estate valuations and hence, hence that's bad for the stocks. And probably the, the third reason is, is there are other alternatives out there. Uh, there's other stocks to invest in in other sectors. And so from a relative valuation standpoint, other sectors are looking more attractive as well. Yeah, well, it makes sense uh, when you, when you mention the the cycle, rising rates. Um, what about sectors, though, Stephen? Are there certain sectors of REITs uh, in 2017 that that maybe fared a little better? Some of the the, the non traditional sectors, um, such as the, the data centers, the towers, uh, continue to do well, and and that's likely driven just by the fact that that's one of the few areas within within real estate, if you, if you want to consider those asset classes, quote unquote, real estate, where there's still tremendous secular, uh, secular growth, uh, growth behind them, uh, good, good tailwinds, and certainly technology and, and most things related to that are, are one of the more growthy parts of our economy. And so that's one way, to, one way to play that, whereas the more traditional kind of core asset classes where there, there's probably a better defined supply-demand uh, dynamics out there, it's fair to say that that in most of those cases, for for most of those sectors, um, it feels like we're at the latter stages of the cycle. Okay, what about moving forward, Stephen? Um, you know, we've just had this recent uh, tax act, jobs act, and tax act um, that has made some changes. Is that potentially going? Is that potentially going to impact REITs moving forward? We think it, there's it, it, there's shifting sands. There's some positives and some negatives. I think first on the positives. Certainly, to the extent that there is uh, companies, corporations, to the extent they're able to repatriate 
some cash back to the U.S. and have lower tax rates. They're likely to spend some of that in terms of in terms of growing their companies. Certainly, they'll probably devote some of that capital towards share buybacks. But to the extent that they do reinvest in their businesses and grow their businesses, almost regardless of the industry uh, that they're in or the asset class that they're in, that's generally good for commercial real estate demand. And then secondly, uh, to the extent that individuals um, have had uh, some tax benefits, then uh, from that standpoint, there's probably increased demand as well. H- having said all that, the these things typically don't really materialize for commercial real estate for 18 to 24 months, given that commercial real estate is more of a lagging indicator typically. So wouldn't expect these benefits to filter through to the fundamentals for at least 18 to 24 months. Okay. So what do you expect moving forward? We're talking with Stephen Marks, Managing Director with Fitch Ratings, uh, about REITs and the outlook. So what do you expect for 18 and, in, and maybe into 19? Sure, yeah. Our outlook, and, and I'll speak you know, primarily to on the credit side, which is the area that we focus on, we, we have a stable outlook on the sector for 018, driven by a couple things, relatively unchanged leverage and coverage metrics at, at the entity level. Companies still have pretty good liquidity and access to most forms of capital. Development has is up a little bit, but still relatively muted, and there's not many, many pockets where we're seeing overdevelopment, either from a, an overall sector standpoint or exposures from individual companies. Um, those are, those are the positives in terms of our outlook, some of the things that balance that. Um, as I mentioned before, we are towards the latter end of the cycle, such that valuations have probably peaked already. Um, uh, shares, because of that shares, and we talked about the stock market a little bit, many of the, of the company's shares are trading below net asset value at this point. So it makes it less appealing for them to issue equity. And then on the flip side, it makes it more appealing to buy back stock, which is generally a credit negative. Okay. What about foreign investors, Stephen? Are anything in the tax changes or the economy or the world economics that uh, would uh, benefit REITs or, or maybe not moving forward from foreign investors? There hasn't been anything, I'd say, in the last six months that has caused us to say that there's going to be a, you know, a big shift in, in terms of foreign investment in the U.S. When the, when the FERPTA uh, rules were changed about two years ago, which is were rules that were designed to basically loosen some of the the regulations around foreign investment in the U.S. It, it kind of kick-started or continued a continued a trend of continued investment in the U.S. I think one area, I mean, you have to kind of look at the individual company, uh, countries in some cases. China had been a, a sizable investor in U.S. commercial real estate. That's tailing back a little bit. Um, um, other countries or other other regimes, the sovereign wealth funds, continue to have a tremendous amount of capital. Um, you know, some of the the, the oil-rich countries in the Middle East, for instance continue to, to invest material amounts of capital. So it, our, our sense is that it's probably going to be down a little bit, but still very robust. Yeah, okay. What might be a shock to the REIT world, maybe positive or negative, that uh, could change your outlook? I'd say on, on the, hit the negative side first before the positive. One thing that we're increasingly concerned about is, is the extent of mortgage availability for various asset classes. And to the extent that, and we're certainly not predicting this by any stretch, but it would be one thing that, that we're, we're keeping a closer eye on is, is to the extent that insurance companies pull back from certain asset classes or certain sectors, how does that then affect the what we consider the, the contingent liquidity, the availability of getting a, a mortgage on an, on an unencumbered asset and then being able to use that capital towards towards other, other um, channels within a company? One place where we have seen it uh, is in, in the B mall space, the, the less productive malls. Um, that just cannot find uh, traditional 
uh, CMBS or insurance company mortgage availability, and hence it really it really hurts some some companies' contingent liquidity. Um, haven't really seen it in many other sectors, but you could certainly see it working its way up from kind of the bottom um, to where it could eat into into some companies' uh, access to capital. That that's on the kind of a shock to the negative. Um, a shock on the positive could be could be look. I mean, if interest rates kind of stay where they are, um, or maybe even maybe even go down. I mean, uh, you know, interest rates are, are very fickle. Uh, you know, for the last seven or eight years, everyone had been predicting rates would go up, and, and they really didn't. In fact, they went the other way. It feels like the consensus is that rates are going to increase again, but they may not. They may actually go back down. That would certainly be uh, be a benefit for for commercial real estate valuations. Okay. And you, and you mentioned the availability of financing, and you know the Fed has, has recently come out and said that, you know, commented that, that possibly real estate uh, is overvalued right now, and you know, and if and if banks uh, are taking heed of that and maybe tightening it up their their standards moving forward, do you guys feel like uh, some real estate asset classes are overvalued at the moment? I wouldn't say overvalued um, at this point. Certainly, that there's been a tremendous amount of capital dedicated. Towards commercial real estate, but not not feeling that there's there's overvaluations um, at this point. Although having said that, cap rates are sticky; they, they tend to not move in lockstep with rises in interest rates. And so, um, you know, we, we feel like valuations probably probably peaked a while ago, um, but not feeling that there's anything really uh, overvalued at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it seems like the the fundamentals are strong. If we're going to have the the continued uh, job growth and, and the money coming back from repatriation. If we're going to have companies with more money in their pocket, uh, hire more people. Uh, hopefully, uh, REITs and everyone else uh, is going to do the Snoopy dance moving forward. Stephen, any closing thoughts for our audience? No, no, don't think so. I guess the only, the only thing I would just add on that last point is that we've seen a lot more discipline in the system over the last 10 years. CMBS, uh, LTVs, and, and kind of the numbers that we look at, much more conservative, a lot more equity. Uh, in deals, uh, not as many merchant developers that are building on spec. The, the the overall system, it feels like, is in a much better place. So to the extent that there are declines in valuations, um, uh, it doesn't feel like the sector is going to be under the microscope like it was back in 08, 09. Yeah, a good point. I agree. It's a, a lot different. No one of us expect uh, the downturn like we had in the past in 09. Well, Stephen, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Yep, thank you very much, Michael. All right, and stay with us. We'll have more on the REIT Outlook and Real Estate Outlook after this short message. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Afto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Afto.com slash CRE show. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? 
Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit BullRealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Ball. Today we're talking about the outlook for REITs and real estate. This segment is brought to you by the News Funnel. Hey, if you're involved in any type of commercial real estate, do check them out, thenewsfunnel.com. Well, my guest today is Chris Wimmer. He is vice president and in charge of REITs with Morningstar Credit Ratings. And he's joining us on the phone today from New York. Chris, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Well, Chris, wish we were down here in a little bit warmer weather out of the storms, but uh, sure glad you're <laughs> with us today. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So let's talk. Yeah, so let's talk about REITs, Chris. It seems like uh, real estate's been uh, doing really well. Uh, the outlook for real estate is is good. Uh, real estate's been performing well. It seems like most every sector's been doing fine. Uh, but uh, what about REITs? Yeah, so um, you know, if you look at uh, REITs, I mean, we can look at REIT equities. Um, they turned in a healthy eight percent on average last year. Um, which, you know, isn't that great compared to an S&P, you know, uh, 21%. Uh, but if you start, you know, peeling back the layers, delving into the specific sector performance, um, industrial REITs, which are benefiting from uh, trends in e-commerce and uh, picked up uh, the pickup in the manufacturing activity, they were pretty close. They were 21%. Then you look at the other end of the spectrum, uh, retail REITs, not so good. Uh, they, they lost about 5% on average. Uh, but in terms of uh, performance, we had Morningstar credit rating. You know, we're in fixed income, so we tend to look at how the bonds perform, mainly on a relative basis. So um, if you look at credit, credit spreads of the uh, Morningstar corporate bond index and the REIT sector index, uh, they kind of tightened over the course of 2017, so that was a good thing. Um, and from a fundamental credit perspective, uh, REITs continue uh, continue to improve balance sheets and credit profiles. Okay, and you mentioned uh, retail REITs have kind of had the worst run uh, at last year, um, but it seems like overall the REITs property performance uh, did not suffer that well. So is some of that perception or some of that kind of forecasting? Yeah, it's, it's really a, um, you know, in terms of, if we look at the retail REITs, it's really a, uh, you know, have and have not story. Uh, if you're a, if you're say an A mall or an A shopping center with a grocery anchor and a really good location uh, with all the best tenants, you're you're doing pretty good. 
Um, but if you're a B or C quality mall in a uh, you know secondary or tertiary metropolitan area, um, things are rough. Mm -hmm. um, but when we look forward, uh, you know we're we're focused on fundamentals and property level cash flows, or what we like to call net operating income or NOI. Um, we expect a better performing sector, such as the industrial warehouse and specialty. And when I say specialty, think about data centers and cell tower REITs. Uh, they'll produce NOI in the high single-digit percent range, maybe even low teens in some cases. But the weaker sectors, such as those uh, uh, weaker weaker retailers, will be challenged to produce growth in NOI. And more than a few retail REITs, we think, will face declining NOI as a result of the weak environment uh, with respect to uh, uh, brick-and-mortar retailers. Yeah. And what do you expect for hospitality moving forward? Uh you know, that's, uh, that's a good question that, um, you know, if you think about average lease terms, uh, hospitality has to with, uh, you know, one or two days is, is the shortest lease term. So that tends to move in line with the economy. Uh, they like the uh, retail travel. So as the economy picks up and you have more, or they like the business travel. So they, business travelers, so as the, as the economy picks up and there's more business travel, uh, they should benefit as well. Yeah, and let's talk about the economy, Chris. It must be fun uh, sitting in your chair there in New York as you're forecasting and look at the economy with all these changes in the in the tax laws and the reduction in corporate yeah. rates and, and all the things going on with the Tax Act. So how has that changed your forecast and what do you expect the impact to be on real estate and REITs? Yeah, uh, so we, we, we anticipate the uh, expanding economy and, and, and uh, tax as well as regulatory uh, relief for businesses and consumers to ultimately benefit REITs. Uh, you know, real estate in the end is driven by supply and demand. And after more after-tax dollars will mean that office REITs will see more demand for workspace as businesses hire. Industrial REITs will see more demand for warehouse space as manufacturing accelerates. And consumers more, order more goods online with more after-tax dollars in their pockets. Uh, Multifamily REITs. Uh, apartment rates, that is, will we'll also benefit as their fundamentals are tied to employment, which will remain solid under the expanding economy. Uh, retailers, it should be noted, will benefit more on margin from tax reform as they did not enjoy some of the advantages under the prior tax re regime, such as, uh, you know, research and development shelter shelters. Um, so that should benefit uh, retail rates uh, somewhat. Yeah, and here we are late in the first quarter, Chris. So when you look back at what you were saying, uh, say a year, a year from now, or, or projecting or seeing in the economy, seeing in real estate and REITs, you know, how much did that adjust when a uh, new president got in office? And then how much did it did adjust in your forecasts or in the impact of what you saw from the ta changes in the tax laws? Well, you know, standing back in October, uh, November 2016, it was, uh, you know, uh, I'd be uh, lying if I say I wasn't a bit surprised at the outcome. <laughs> uh, you know, so it took a little while. I mean, you know, if I was really good at, at, uh, at forecasting, I, I'd probably be doing something else. But, um, you know, we, we had promises of tax reform. We had promises of regulatory relief. Um, and once we really started to see that, uh, you know, it became clear that for all these reasons that I've cited that things were going to get better for the economy, which, you know, in the end will benefit uh, REITs uh, in, 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 you know, the various ways that uh, we talked about. Yeah. 
And it seems like everyone's expecting a correction or another correction or more of a correction. Is that around the corner mm -hmm. in the market? Yeah, it's, it's, you, you, you do have a lot of people looking for the, uh, uh, the next, um, uh, you know, choke point or um, uh, something that's going to, you know, bring us to a screeching halt. But, um, you know, if you compare what's going on today to, to what was going on a decade ago, there's, there's really no one sector of the economy or one sector of the market that really seems like it's overheating to a point where it's going to cause that domino effect across the economy. Um, certainly, uh, valuations are at, uh, at a high um, at, a, at a number of touch points. But um, right now, uh, I'd have to say that, you know, aside from any smaller corrections, such as the ones we've seen over the over the course of the, the this early part of the year, um, uh, it seems like we're at a pretty pretty sweet spot right now. Yeah, I agree. It seems like yeah, we don't have the challenges we had uh, before the last downturn with overbuilding and, and uh, high rates and, and yeah. uh, over leveraged uh, real estate uh, and then strong fundamentals moving forward. But uh, it has been a nice run, a nice uh, long cycle that we've been in. So if we did look at the a negative side what could negatively impact real estate and REITs yeah I, I you know one of the things we talk about a lot is the impact of uh, rising interest rates and um, especially in investors minds there's a big correlation between REITs and rise in, in, in interest rates um, you know REITs are as a, as a requirement to be a REIT you have to uh, distribute uh, the, the vast majority of your earnings to uh, shareholders in the form of dividends, um, and that gives REITs a pretty healthy dividend yield. Um, so folks tend to look at the yields on REITs and look at what they can earn on other, uh, uh, what yields are on other, you know, investments. And so as rates rise, the yields start to look more and more attractive on uh, bonds and fixed income type of investment products. Uh, so you tend to, you tend to see um, some pressure on REITs when rates rise. Um, I, I, I like to counter that argument with the observation that if rising rates are a result of a healthy economy, then we expect on margin that that will benefit REITs for the same reasons we spoke about yet earlier, means that there will be more demand for commercial real estate. Yes, it might mean a rising cost of capital, which may mean that some deals don't pencil and merger and acquisition activity slows, but there's a benefit as well. If new construction is at a relatively lower level, that means those landlords will benefit from the demand that might have otherwise been soaked up by the new properties. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, rising rates is good news. Uh, artificially low rates means uh, that we're still in trouble. And, and right, if it does increase cap rates and decrease uh, cap rates uh, or increase cap rates, you still have growth in NOI, right? And that's what everyone is expecting. So, so what could go right? Let's, let's do the Snoopy <laughs> dance. If, uh, what could really help rates moving forward? Um, you know, it's, I, I I'm a, I'm a credit guy, so I'm a glasses half empty. I don't think a lot about what could go right. <laughs> right. Uh, 
but uh, well, know, let's take I, let's take a few examples. I mean, repatriation it, it, might that help REITs? Uh, how about infrastructure? If you know, if we have more jobs from infrastructure, if that if that really starts to boom, is that helpful? Yeah, I, I just keep going back to the the economic from from an expanding economy. You have more hiring, so that means the person hiring is probably you know moving off from their parents. They're they're you know they're renting an apartment. Um, the guy who's hiring, he needs more space, so that's benefit for office landlords. Um, you know, there's more money in the manufacturing sector. That's more demand for industrial space, and so on and on it goes. I think the one the one area we have to stay away from. I mean, you have to tread carefully because there's winners and losers. Is the retail space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And what about wage growth, Chris? So, you know, it seems like we have a pretty strong employment uh, right now in the U.S. And yeah. if we think about infrastructure and we think about a booming economy, might we mm -hmm. finally see some wage increase? And might that help with consumer confidence and, and spending and, and, and rent yeah. growth and those sorts of things? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, uh, definitely. Um, you know, I think you know, the, the area where a lot of people are really sharpening their pencils, again, is, is retail. So if you have a much more confident consumer who's earning more and is more after-tax dollars in their pocket, is that going to benefit retail? And if it does, is it going to benefit retail to the extent that you're going to see less store closures uh, and less uh, malls going dark? We'll see. It seems like it would take a lot for that to happen. I mean, the one... The one uh, the uh, one observation that you hear over and over again is that uh, America is vastly over-retailed in terms of brick-and-mortar space relative to the rest of the world. You hear three, four, five times as much. So it seems like, you know, there's a lot to play out there, and it's going to happen over a, t over a long time. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a secular trend. It's not a cyclical trend. Yeah, that's a good point, and, and I think there's a lot of changes going on in retail, and interestingly, you know, retail is usually pretty good real estate you know it's well located it's flat uh, it's up main and main and uh, so a lot of a lot of things moving and shaking around retail properties is pretty interesting you know we sell shopping yeah. centers and retail in the southeast and uh, you know mm -hmm. we bring a property to market that a seller is like afraid of wants to get out of and we've got multiple competing buyers so it is an interesting field so so Chris what would you leave our audience with uh, related to a closing comment about REITs uh, moving forward I would say um, if you're if you're thinking about REITs, I mean it's a, it's a good liquid way to uh, become involved in real estate. I am um, you know I have to be careful as SEC, uh, NRSRO, a rating agency, so I can't make recommendations or anything. Uh, but you know if you're looking at REITs, I would definitely uh, take your time, look at the balance sheet, make sure that you're getting involved with with stronger REITs that have a lot of liquidity and a strong credit profile, especially if you're looking something to be involved in long term. Right. Great tips, Chris. Thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Michael. If you like more information, uh, just Google Morningstar Credit Ratings uh, and you can get some more information. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what are your comments? What do you think about REITs moving forward? What do you think the sectors to invest in? And what do you think the impact of, of the tax changes will be on real estate and REITs? Thanks for being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, Invest Alongside Real Estate Experts, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Real Crowd, Crowdfunding with the Professionals, by Apto, Brokerage Software to Manage Your Contacts, Properties, Listings, and Deals, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Better Serve Clients, Earn More Commissions. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.